The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Victory Friday, y'all. Um, Kelsey was our uh, on-the-ground reporter last night at the game, so she'll have to give us the vibe check. Yeah, um, line. I know how we all feel. We'll get there, but you first. Honestly, I just need to say something, and I know that this is not new news, but the Dallas Cowboys, it really was a missed opportunity to not put the stadium in downtown Dallas because let me tell you, walking – over a bridge to get to a football game, flawless experience. Like it's it's phenomenal. I was I was upset about how much I enjoyed that. It just made it so much easier versus having to sit in like a hundred thousand people worth of traffic on a basically two lane highway. Like you think about it every day. It's just you know I've done it so many times, and while I've learned to. I'm not going to say love it, but I just, it's, I can't lie and tell you I'm not a tad jealous of the Titans situation, at least yeah. in that regard. And their new stadium, like they're, I actually like their stadium. So I'm kind of surprised that they are getting a new one just for this, because it just, it's like a very arrowhead type feel like old yeah. school, but it's still nice. Like it is, it's a, it's just old school, but I love like the location of it. Um, but apparently they're, they're not planning to like get, put the new one that much farther. So I think you'll still be able to walk to it. Like the walkability score will still be pretty high. Yeah. They, uh, put up renditions of like what it's going to look like. Of course, it's going to be pretty Allegiant-esque, yeah. um, you know, which is the new guy on the block. So that's not too surprising, sure. um, but it looked badass. And the thing about that is someone made the point of if they ever, you know, hope to host a. Super Bowl there or something like that. That's kind of, you know, why they're, you know, upgrading their, their digs, so to say. Um, okay. That's know. Totally fair. Yeah. I, but that makes me think like, I don't know, will the Buffalo Bills ever host one? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so what does that mean? Like Kansas city can't host one. I don't know. I actually feel like football purists would appreciate going to a Super Bowl at like an old school stadium. Like it's kind of like the Cotton Bowl where like 
if you, I will violently riot if you tried to move the actual Texas OU game away from the Cotton Bowl Stadium and into like AT&T Stadium because I just like talk about vibe check. Like that's not what that game's about. But I guess also like Super Bowl is just glitzy and glamour and like it's a whole different level. But I don't know. I think it also has a little bit to do with like the unpredictability of weather, especially like in those colder places. And there, you know, if you refuse to put a dome over it, um, you're kind of affecting in, it's not going to be necessarily the Buffalo bills that would play there, but like, you know, what if you have like warm weather teams and it's just a dog fight and they're like getting injured and just cold and which is fun during the regular season. But when it's a super bowl, you're like, this could have gone this way if they were not freezing their asses off. You need to like remove any and all other variables that could potentially yeah. impact the game. And it needs to be, okay, okay. I am, the pendulum is swinging back. <laughs> I'm getting more and more convinced that it could make more sense, but you know. Yeah. I, I think like Buffalo doesn't care. No. That, that they won't be hosting one, but. Buffalo is, God bless Buffalo. Generally. Yeah, truly. Like I, those people are next level. And I just think that everything they stand for is as a, as a fan base, at least to, to my understanding is like one of the most fun and pure things about being a sports fan. So um, there's nothing more that I would love to do than go to a Buffalo game. A hundred percent. Like that's a bucket list item. It's like green Bay, like green Bay is the same. Like I would, thousand percent I, I I actually was going to try and go this year and I was sad I didn't make it I've decided like I well I do love traveling for Cowboys games because that's just like an experience in itself like being surrounded by your people in a different place and like taking over because we tend to do that yes. um I I just like for example like <clears throat> if I'd gone to the Green Bay game this year I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much as I could have if I just went and watched Green Bay play your mom's team like <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe I'll do more like one. I want to go to a stadium and I will go to that stadium, not caring who they're playing. And then I'll go to like a Cowboys road game. I think that's probably where my head will be at, you know? Yeah. With, you know, the travel plans, but I yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's fun. Speed of travel plans. You said uh, it was a Cowboys home game last night. It was like everyone literally made travel. Like it was, I walked down Broadway to get to the, the stadium. And I mean, I heard so many people being like, this is like a Cowboys home game. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like when I mean, you guys even saw it, like on Thursday night football, like post game show, and granted, it was Dak Prescott getting interviewed, but still like there was a ton of Cowboys fans there. And I just think that's pretty normal, but it was really fun to see. And it was, yeah. there was a, there's just a lot of like, good people there and it was a fun environment the vibes were high if you were a Cowboys fan for sure and I think it probably also helps too that if you want to talk about like high vibes like these teams are not innately rivals right so like it's not like you walk in and you're just like hate like hatred filled environments like going to Philly I feel like I definitely would like to go to a game there but the anxiety that I would have rolling up to that, to the link or whatever. Is that what it's still called? I think so. Yeah. Would be a lot. I could never watch the Cowboys play there. I think I want to, but I think I want to wear all black because I'm genuinely afraid for my life. I just like, 
I couldn't keep myself from cheering if we were beating them. And then I would get yelled at and like yeah. things would be thrown at me. And I, I react Correct. in those scenarios. I'd like to say I wouldn't, but. But yeah. I, I might pop off a little bit. You and Aaron, honestly, you probably shouldn't go to a Cowboys game there. You probably honestly yeah. shouldn't go. I'll go to a game there. I'm not going to go to a Cowboys game there. I Yeah. I even feel like you'd pop off just being there in general. Like it would <laughs> like. It would awaken something in you and I'd be genuinely afraid. Like I would, I would probably as my friend and one of my favorite people in the world, I would maybe hire a bodyguard for you. <laughs> I don't even know if that would help. Um, <laughs> like bodyguards can get pelted too. I'm like uh, bodyguard <laughs> is not for the other people or it's for not for her. It's for the other people in, in regards <laughs> to protecting them from her. I, it could be one of those, like, you know, when they, um, the, coach like follows the coach on the side like I don't even think he's a coach uh, the whole back yeah keeps him back from the um from the field or whatever I just need someone to put their hand over my mouth yes <laughs> yeah and like and like take your twitter from you yeah yeah oh the tweets be going off though you gotta let me have something <laughs> that's fair that's totally fair but it was a great it was so much fun like it was it's a it's a beautiful stadium like I love the location like it was just it was really cool I mean it was I, it was, it, it was not expecting it to rain. I will say that. So like I was full blown, like, oh yeah, like the weather's passed, like it'll be good. And then it starts like, <laughs> you know, raining, which again, I get, I guess it's like, again, another case for having, I called it a lid when I was there because I could yeah. not think of a word. A lid on it. <laughs> like I need a lid for this place, but um, it was beautiful. It was really fun. And again, like it was just, it was, you, we were, we were walking around the stadium trying to like go to another place and I heard cheering and and it was one of those things where you, you didn't know if it was a Cowboys <laughs> thing that happened or if it was a Titans score that happened because it was honestly, I would even, I would say equally as loud, but like maybe a little bit louder at times for Cowboys. So um, it was a really good time. Nashville's great. But um, I will say on, on top of like the vibes being high, I, I hate to like bring them down because man, I tweeted this, but like, I really genuinely believe, and I've had my fair share of toxic relationships in the last couple of years, as you all know very well, but the Dallas Cowboys probably, I think have topped the list for me as of late. Like, how am I mad at them when they have put together another 12 win season back to back? The last time that happened, what was it? 94, 95. Like when we were little. You RJ know, reminds you of that. <laughs> RJ did remind us of that. If you guys haven't seen, and Megan texted me this, um, this uh, TikTok of his. If you guys like RJ's math, where he does like in 1995, this happened. But what's funny is that it was, you know, Amari Cooper and then whatever, whoever's 95. It was also their birthdays. They were back to back and they both had career games. In like, this case, it was what? Dak's seventh season, Troy Aikman's seventh season. And then it was Steve Lamb with 100. Um, Irvin. Receptions. And then uh, who was an 88 and Michael Irvin, who was an 88 with 100 receptions. Yep. And then a 12-1 season back to back. One season back to back. I think that's. I think I covered all the bases there. Super Bowl are both in Arizona. And, oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wild. like, wild is right. How does he come up with this stuff? I don't know, man. But like, okay, it makes a lot of sense that he and Bobby Bell are like best friends because yeah, same energy, <laughs> same energy. No, but I mean, I just I feel like 
I was really having a hard time, like going into the fourth quarter, the fact that we kept them in the game that long, you've got, it, it just, it felt like I was frustrated. It, it felt like it should have been a lot more of a shoeing kind of win when you have, you know, Dobbs as a quarterback, they signed eight days ago and he's been a journeyman his entire career. It's his first career start in the NFL. And, you know, like it, you just gave this team who is sitting, what was it? Six of their starting, their starting guys. Like they're not even playing like their full fledged, you know, first offense. And I just felt it was frustrating to me that it even, I felt like they were playing down to their opponent. And, you know, if you want to continue talking about stat lines, it's, you know, Dak's, Dak is now leading the league in interceptions. And while not all of them are his fault, it's a very concerning place to be as a team that this late in the year, you should be, you have, you should have ironed out all the kinks. You should be, you know, smooth operating. It should be something that you can feel confident going into the playoffs. And I know the Vikings game was a turning point. I think CD mentioned that, that for this team and how they really have been able to pull together the wins since that game, but they haven't been that same exact team. And it's frustrating because I know, again, on paper that a win is a win is a win. And this Cowboys team ended up, you know, handling their business, but it was definitely a bit hairy there for a minute. And I personally would like to have a lot more confidence going into the postseason than I do like right now. Yeah. And I'll say (laughs) Dak had this to say just about the way they won and all that stuff. He said, a road win, short week, you got to take them all, style points and all that. That's for y'all who think games are won on paper. I get that. Um, <laughs> and while I do, like, appreciate the confidence from him, and I want him to keep it up, mind you. Like, you know what? If you feel like you can make those throws, feel like you can make those throws. At the end of the day, that's what separates him from a lot of the people in this league. Yeah, he's uh, up there with Derek Carr on interceptions, but um, not a great place to be. No, it's not. But just also, you have to look at the fact that th- this team is, you know, getting up there. They're getting close to forty points, if not more, in a lot of these games, and they feel confident in like how they run their offense. Now, this brings me to your other point. They do play down to their competition. They absolutely do, and I feel like when they went into Minnesota, they were like this is a good team. We have to play like a good team. And they, they pulled it together. It's I'm of course it's not as easy as the way I'm saying it, but the way they play cat and mouse with these teams that are um, probably to them lesser than in a lot of ways. um, It's kind of like a laissez faire attitude that they have. They're like, we can beat them at any minute. Like why, why rush it? You know? And it bit them in the butt when it came to uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. But um, in other games, like, you know, last night, uh, they were able to pull it out. They were, it was one of the, that game though, it was like, I never thought we were going to lose, but I was getting so annoyed with the way, like the way they were at, like, like I said, they, it felt to me as if they had like a laissez-faire approach to like the game and in, its entirety um whether that's actually how they felt or not that's just you know the way it seemed 
Yeah. I mean, I actually would totally agree. Like, I think I've said this multiple times. I've heard it said other places too, but the concept of like playing with your food, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, pick up your fork and eat. Like we're not like, it's just, it's like, I know, I know you're hungry. I know you can do this. Like, what are we doing? And I couldn't help but feel like that at several points in, in last night's game where I just, I don't know, like, it was just very frustrating. Like when, once you've seen a team be capable of doing so much more, you know, Dak talks about being on paper, like, yeah, on paper, this team is badass, like, or at least it should be and it, it like, again, like last season, especially you had like all these different things going for you this season, you know, you can argue like the emergence of, of really having that dual threat in the backfield has been really fun. And I think we can obviously tell we missed it last, last night, but yeah. I don't know, like it just, it's frustrating to not have the consistency and I have a hard time of, of creating excuses and, and being an apologist for a team that I know can do better. And that's, that's just tough love coming from me. Yeah. I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, it's one of those things where I try to like check myself a lot of times. Cause I can be like, did you hear me at the beginning of the season? I said, they're going, Oh, and 17. Like I wasn't serious, but I can be very down on this team. And I, you know, I, for that reason, I like to be a little self-aware and be like, okay, well, if you think about it, one of the best teams in this entire league almost lost to the Texans too. Like it's, it shouldn't make you necessarily, it's like not an excuse not to make yourself feel better, but this is the NFL. These are elite players. Like it's really hard to get to the NFL. Um, but you know, just keeping that in mind, I'm like, okay, it's, it's easy to be down on them. They're, they're everywhere. The Cowboys are talked about every day in every, every little way, every little thing that happens. So it's very top of mind, but at the same time, to gut check myself. Yes. Should they be playing better? hundred percent. Should Dak be um, getting interceptions every single game? No, no, he should not. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the way we do it is because I really do feel guilty, like going in on them when they, you know, again, like this, like we're like victory Friday, like they won. And I'm, and I'm over here, like, you know, this, 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 like, I feel like I'll be fair. Like I'll give them, I'll start off with, you know, some positives and then, you know, we can go into some of the things that we'd like to see the changes that they make adjustments for. Because again, I think we both know it's necessary. If the Cowboys win out and the Eagles lose out, then the Cowboys do win the division for the second year in a row. If the Cowboys lose um, or the Eagles, no, yeah, the Cowboys lose, then they'll be the fifth seed in playoffs. And so they'll have three road games. So yeah. You can't be worse than the fifth seed. That's at least know that to yourselves. (laughs) Yes. So let's go ahead and start. I'll, I'll, I'll be silver linings and not even silver linings, like positives. Oh my gosh. Can my child hear my voice? You think he's like over here trying to break into the computer? (laughs) He's like, where is she? (laughs) (laughs) Murphy. You guys, Auntie Mego is Murphy's preferred, um, uh, not even pet sitter because you're not you're you are just family. It's very, but he's, he's hanging out while we podcast. Um, but Dalton Schultz, man, I mean, a Amazon's player of the game, and rightfully so. Um, we talk a lot about you know Jason Witten was Tony Romo's whoopee, and <laughs> I always like to use that reference because it really was true. Like when the going got tough, or just 
when he ran out of options and had to check out of a play, like Jason Witten was pretty consistently always there. And I think you look at Dalton Schultz and um, he he's been that guy when he's been available and when Dax, you know, they've been on the field at the same time, which is a whole nother topic of conversation coming out of this year. But um, I was pumped for him. Like he had himself a really solid game and he really did help pick up the pieces when things got hairy. I know that one interception that was actually on Dak was he was trying to force it to Dalton, which I just think proves the point even more that like he yeah. is a safety blanket for him. He's like, Oh F like, let me find 86 really quickly. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, it works. It didn't work that time, but luckily it did work a couple other times. And Dalton did have two touchdowns on the evening. I mean, he just overall averaging eight yards, a, a carry or not just a carry a reception rather. Um, so just a really solid game that he was able to put together for this team, showing his veteran presence. You can have the conversation about whether or not he's worth paying. Um, I think I can openly admit that I am wildly biased in that regard. Yes. <laughs> and while I definitely think the rookie combo that we have on the field right now from, you know, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley is their nicknames, I guess is what <laughs> he said is fun and promising. I yeah. don't think you can deny what Dalton Schultz brings to the table, especially when it comes to you know, getting this team out of tough times. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I I thought it was great that he was player of the game. He deserved it. He's incredible. Um, he, yeah, the calmness that he brings, I think is part of the reason why, like when him and uh, Dak are in a rhythm, like you can really just tell how they, like they are calm. It's precision. It's, you know, it's easy for them. Um, I'd say I think my player of the game is going to have to be CD. Um, just the way that man is playing at an elite level right now. I'm so obsessed. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was a little bit like, um, is he really going to be wide receiver one? Is he going to step up? And like, you could really see it last night. He didn't make it in the end zone, but he is a, a lot of a huge reason why they even got there. So yeah. honestly, Again, the um, three, wait, he has 100 receptions on the season, and the only other two to do that is Michael Irvin and Jason Witten. Yeah. And this is his third straight game with 100 receiving guards. I feel like pretty big. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'll be honest, like I low-key feel like I disrespect CD. Like, and I was just trying to think about it, like, because I think I've said earlier this season in how, you know, he's good, but I don't think he's quite there yet. And he needs to step up into that number one receiver role. And like obviously he had to do that with the departure of Amari Cooper in this offseason, which 
I personally think was a bit unexpected. I don't necessarily think that that, you know, receiver room themselves, because they are slightly disconnected from the front office was expecting that and to have to, you know, step up to that pretty dynamic role so quickly. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think deep down, like, yes, he wanted to be ready, but I do think he'd be not a hundred percent honest if he actually genuinely felt that way. Um, and I feel like there were times, you know, when I, again, and I know a lot of other people did too, questioned if he was capable fully or, you know, but, but now you look at the end of the season and you're like, this guy is him. Like he's doing it. He X, Y, Z, like you have all these stats, you have all these reasons why, you know, he's literally telling you to eat your own words. But I feel like I still deep down am not giving him the credit he deserves. And I kind of think it's because maybe it's his personality because I'm so used to 88 being like boisterous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, he's almost more of like the, the Drew Pearson 88 than he is like the Michael Irvin and Des Bryant 88. Like maybe that's what it is. Like, yes. and cause it, it just, I always, when I think 88, I'm like one handed crazy catches like behind life personality. Yeah. yeah. Like yelling a lot, like in a good way, but just, just really like, a part of the mix and like out there and all of this stuff. And, and CD definitely has leadership traits and like a good personality, but I just feel like it's, it's obviously a lot different than like the Michael Urbans and the Des Bryant's who, when, not even when you walk into a room, when you walk into like within a mile of these people, it's like electric. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) I was, I was just talking about Michael Urban with somebody the other day. Um, Just, how they weren't like a huge fan of him or whatever when he was playing. And I was like, of course you weren't because he was beating you. Um, but like the fact that like his TV personality, they get like excited to watch him and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, I mean that he's just that guy. Um, but CD, he, he's doing it quietly. And um, I think that's perfectly okay. It's just, it's, you know, just something that we're used to is those like big personalities. So yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I low-key think I owe CD an apology. <laughs> low-key. Not as much as Brett, but, you know. Not as much as Brett, you guys. <laughs> okay, Jack, I'm going to – Jack, for our, our buddy from Twitter, uh, actually did buy me a Brett Maher jersey and shipped it to the facility. So I'm going to go get that next week. I'm dying. I'm dead. <laughs> Who am I? Like, I'm over here, like, feeling some type of way about Brett Maher not getting into the Pro Bowl. Like, I think yeah. who listening to? Oh, How maybe. The turntables. Literally <laughs> that. Like, I was, I, I <laughs> talk about people that are having a good season. Brett Maher really is. And, you know, good for him. He deserves it. But, yeah, I'm going to be wearing that jersey um, next week for sure. But I also do want to mention another person that I could view this as, like, a, a pro anacon. We desperately we're missing Tony Pollard in the run game last night. I mean, and if that doesn't cement him as a true, like, number one back, and when I say number one back, I'm not putting Ezekiel Elliott at number two. I'm saying we have potential to have, like, two number one backs. Like, I'm not going to dive into that argument on him, you know, one versus the other at this point in time. I think they're different and bring different traits to the table. But I'm just, I mean, the fact that, they're averaging 2.7 yards a carry. I'll go back and look even just like a couple weeks ago on what it was. I mean, it's, it's a stark difference. 
without even pulling the numbers. And I think you can see it on paper. I think you can feel it energy wise. I think other defenses are can be a little bit more linear in how they're scheming against this Cowboys offense. Richard Sherman actually called them. And I'm so mad. I was going to write it down. But in, in so many words, he, he had a great name for it. I'm so mad. Someone please, like, <laughs> if you are listening, like, tweet me and remind me what it was. Like, I've forgotten. But he basically called it like a catfish offense. Like, he doesn't believe that this Dallas Cowboys offense is as good as, like, people like to say it is. And I would counter with that and say... Sometimes I could agree with you, but then other times, you know, talking about what CD's bringing to the table, what Dalton Schultz can bring to the table, what, you know, having a couple of these younger tight ends coming up and, and knowing their role, but more importantly, the, the, one of the people that has really had genuinely the best season of his career is Tony Pollard. And it, it just, it was, it was a big loss not having him on the field last night, but on the flip side, that really does make me happy for him because I feel like he personally is finally getting the respect and recognition that he deserves. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. <clears throat> um, it's the Malik and Zeke uh, combo is not quite as um, Malik and Zeke is not quite as scary as uh, the Tony and Zeke combo. Um right. Zeke was still able to have success. Obviously, he had his um, what ninth game with a touchdown. Yeah, Is that that sounds about right. Um, he saw the end zone. He was able to break through a lot. Um, granted, you know there was that <clears throat> one where we it was like third and one, and he got knocked back three yards, so we had to kick a field goal. Shout out Brett Maher. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where when you have the two of them. Like, and again, this was a great run defense that we were facing. Um, so I'm not going to discount that by any means. But when you have the combo of like the wrecking ball and like the speed demon, um, that's just kind of impossible to like truly scheme against in all ways. They're yeah, going to find, they're going to find a way. It's going to be one or two things. Like either you can't figure out how to attack them defensively or they're just going to wear you down. Or that uh, Dak will pass them the ball. <laughs> yeah. They really can do any and all things. So, yeah. you know, that was another big takeaway for me just watching last night's game. Yeah. I also just kind of felt like at times like this defense was a little sloppy and it was a little bit of a bummer. Like I was just – I expected them to be able to really take advantage of the fact that there weren't as many starters on the field. And I think to me – that and Dak, and we'll talk about Dak in a minute, and some of his, you know, miscues were the most concerning for me because I just, you know, the defense has been the backbone of this of this team this past year. They've been the continuity. You know, when you don't bring back some pretty important players, and there's some question marks, and then you have injuries like we did. You know, your 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 franchise quarterback missing five games. Like we were able to be part of the conversation. So like we are making the playoffs because largely of Dan Quinn and this defense and give Cooper rush the credit he deserves because he deserves the world. But like, let's face it. Like I just really expected a lot more out of them. And I was a little just taken back by the lack of production, the lack of conversion. And I'd like to see them faring a lot better in the turnover battles, especially this late in the season 
than they are right now. Yeah. It's one of those things where you had to rely pretty heavily on them at the beginning of the season. And you saw how that like affected them. They lost a lot of guys. Um, Now you are able to rely on your offense to win you a game. Uh, So they are able to, you know, not relax, but they're not as crucial. I'm not sure what word I'm searching for there. They can, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like you are able to win a game with your offense right now. Whereas like before you really needed the defense to keep you in it. Um, So while their uh, regression I wouldn't even call it regression because it's, they are truly missing key pieces that like, I I think when LVE and like Hankins come back, I think that's going to be a huge deal for them. And the fact that nation Wright has really been able, I'm not going to say he's fully stepped into that, like outside linebacker role and replaced Kelvin Joseph. Not that he's, or I should say replace Anthony Brown. Um, not that that's like fully happened yet, but that we, we made some good strides with him last night. He looked, he looked good. And I was really worried when uh, he was in the tent getting looked at, but you know, he came back and got an interception and we love that for him. Um, yeah. It really definitely at the very least strengthened the narrative around him having a starting, you know, right. Yeah. Because I think that with curse, like there's been a lot of like, I, I just say there's been some back and forth and I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, It's one of those things where, you know, everyone's has been very high on Dan Quinn and for good reason. Um, He's He's God amongst men. Right. (laughs) But people are really down on him right now. And I'm like, here's the thing, though, like he's dealing with shuffling people and like personnel, like being completely out and just having to he's doing what like Philbin had to do, like having to like patchwork things a little bit and like things are going to go wrong in that sense. Like of course they are. Um, but you know, give him time with these guys like nation, right. I'm not saying he's going to perform amazing every single game, but like, that's, that's a highlight for me is like watching him grow a little bit last game, you know, and you know, while they could have won a lot more of those battles, they were still very like aggressive and in it. Um, Mike was playing with a club arm, which was interesting. Um, so, I mean, just give the man some time to work with these guys. Like they still believe in him. So, you know, the defense is not performing at the level that it was at the beginning of the season, but acknowledge the fact that they are missing a lot of people and they're trying to put this together. I think the word that I heard a lot of yesterday in the post-game press conferences by a lot of the players was resilient. And yeah. um, that's what Dalton Schultz, you know, with Kaylee Hartung on the field was talking about. They referenced it in the post-game interview with Dak up on the stage with Carissa Thompson and, and crew. And I actually think it's a really good way to describe this team. And you talk a lot about culture. And I think that's one of the things that Mike McCarthy didn't get enough credit for for a really long time and culture also takes time to build this is his third season yeah. so it makes sense that you know i think he he able he brought it in on the upfront and you saw a lot of stuff with like the smashing of the watermelons and all this like <laughs> stuff i here. knew you were gonna mention the watermelon listen like that is wild to me and i was like i don't know what you're doing but i'm buying into this this madness like this is my circus and these are my monkeys like i'm in but <laughs> I, I I actually think resilience is a really great way to describe this team because 
after everything they've gone through, even just starting at the off season. Like, I feel like I, I, I really do. Like I joke, but I mean this kind of sincerely, like the Cowboys, like being a Cowboys fan is kind of like being in a toxic relationship. Like it really is like such an up and down roller coaster, not just like season long year in year out, but even just within the context of one game, like you could just have so many highs and so many lows. And this team has really proven they put their head down and they've been able to just take what's been given to them and straight up make lemonade out of lemons. I mean, again, like losing your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback is no small thing. Having the injuries that they've had, how many times I, I joke, but I'm not kidding. I don't like how comfortable we've had to get with the changing of lineups on this offensive front. Like, I don't like that. The offensive line is based off of continuity, and that is the farthest from what they've had, not just this year, but the last couple of seasons. Losing Tyler Biotich last night, I mean, I you know, all the Twitter doctors, people were saying maybe it's a high ankle sprain, MCL. I have zero idea what is true and what is not, so don't take that for anything, but it was not a nice look to have to watch your starting center, who's also, mind you, made a lot of really great strides this season, be carted off the field and come back in a boot. Like things you don't like to see, especially this late in the game. But again, like bringing in, you got Connor McGovern, who's going to slide into that, that center position. You've got, you know, Tyler Smith making the transitions. You've got Peters, but Peters also hasn't played a full game. You know, he's right. 40 years old and we appreciate the veteran presence, but he hasn't put together a full game since he signed with his team. Not to say that he couldn't, but I just, I really hope that <laughs> resiliency is something that this team continues to buy into because a win is a win, but there are definitely some pretty glaring factors that are stacking up against this Dallas Cowboys team. I'm going to tell on myself a little bit, but, uh, um, and this is absolutely not a slight against the social team for the Dallas Cowboys, but the <laughs> first time they put up a resilience graphic, <clears throat> They had it like R-E and then <clears throat> stacked and it was like S-I-L and then it was like E-N-C-E. And I was like, re-silence? <laughs> what, what, what are they trying to say? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but yes, it makes a lot of sense. Resilience does describe this team. Um, and you make a really valid point about this O-line. Like that's, this is a place where they're really going to have to be resilient. Um, losing Tyler, if we, if we lost Tyler unclear at this time of this recording, we do not know. Um, but yeah, Jason Peters, can he play consecutive games? Otherwise you have Josh ball in there and your, your goal is always to have the best. Oh, thank you. Hmm? I'm going to go ahead and say this. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> but your goal is always to have the best five. That's why they stuck Connor McGovern in there at center. And he actually did a pretty good job, um, yeah. for, coming in at the, in the last minute. Um, but I yeah, you don't want to see Josh ball in there. So can Jason Peters really play um, a full game or Please. not only just a full game, multiple full games. <laughs> I have the faith. I'm just going to say this right now. I do have the faith. Yeah, and again, they did also um, sign Brock Hoffman. Yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah, I think so. Sure. Like, it's a very if it's not, uh, sorry to this man. I do not know this basic <laughs> Wisconsin dude name. Right. And they signed him to the practice squad. They activated him. Um, he did not play last night. 
I don't think they know him well enough yet. Um, but you know, he may be getting some work this week just to see like how that goes. Um, and then maybe you shift Connor somewhere else. Who knows? Just to keep your be- like best five out there, if that's at all possible. <laughs> I actually, speaking of uh, shifts, uh, I tweeted about like the the inconsistencies that this line has had to face, and our our buddy uh, Posh or pa- like I, I I'm I'm Pash. Sorry, I totally just messed his name up. Um, he was like the only shift that I want to see is a Landry one, and I was like, yes, my Ooh, friend, yes, awesome. right. But no, I mean, again, like I, I need to text uh, Duke Mannyweather and yeah. get his opinion. We'll get, the deets. we'll get the deets. I'll, I'll post some stuff that, you know, I'll, I'll see what he has to say because I really am interested in his opinion on this. It's just, it's a very interesting predicament to be, but hopefully resiliency is something that this team really can continue to tap into because, you know, I'll, I'll end my, my thoughts. This is like the last thing that to me was really stuck out from the game again, like, Mike McCarthy and this team are saying all the right things. Like, they're like, we don't care if it was flashy. We don't care. Like, blah, 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 blah. A win is a win. It is. But football and sports in general is a very mental game. And at the end of the day, when you don't string solid performances together, you can and innately will start to question yourself. Yeah. You know, question your capabilities. We talk a lot. I mean, I mentioned this when I was still in business school, regressing to the mean. Like there, it's a very common thing that can happen where you can have this like incredible performance. And I I know I just mentioned this earlier, where if you can show you're capable of it, then you can recreate it and you can do it again and you can replicate. But it's also equally as common for you to have a standout performance and then regress down to, you know, either your competition or what your baseline is. And that be more of something that's normal for you versus having these consistent outstanding performances. So, you know, I... I guess for me, I'm all that to say, I still am concerned about the interceptions with Dak, I, you know, and, and people are going to say things like, oh, well, you shouldn't, that's, you shouldn't get that performance out of someone that you're paying X amount of money. And I'm like, that's when I stop listening to you because then that just tells me that you don't know how the market works and you have to pay players by what the market rate is. So I'm yeah. not even like- you ever remote- listened to this podcast before? Yeah. Kelsey has given you lecture upon lecture. No, <laughs> we spend 30 more minutes and tell you how we pay players. <laughs> it is not an arbitrary figure. It is a market rate. And I, trust me, I think it's crazy too how much some of these guys get paid, but that is literally how markets work. All of that aside- In like the 60s were like, what, $60,000? I'm making that up. But like, <laughs> same house is going to be expensive now. What I, will, what I will extract from that argument, even if it's nonsensical when it talks about like how much he's getting paid, he still is your franchise quarterback. And there is still a bar that is set for him in terms of expectations. And he really does. You don't, it's a, it's a, it's a science. It's an art. It's a tightrope, if you will, where you want to hold your quarterback accountable, but you also don't want to undermine him and strip him of his confidence so that he doesn't continue to try to make plays. Because some of those plays that he, I mean, he just, he was overly aggressive. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick last night was like, and I think he had a good point. He was like, listen, like there's a, there's a story. Every quarterback has a story from every interception, you know, where it's like this, it's more than just one simple analysis. Like there's a whole like thought process in their mind. And you saw Sherm trying to have a conversation about like, Hey, were you actually trying to do this when that happened? And I thought that was kind of some fun insight to see, but yeah. yeah, man, like that to me, I really, 
need them, no pun intended. I need Dak to tighten up. Like I really need him to tighten up. And not in the T-I-T-A-N way. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, and it's one of those things. I think style points has been something they have just been chatting about in the locker room because Mike McCarthy um, spoke on the two interceptions and he, you know, defended his quarterback. He said one was a drop, one was a minus decision. I don't like them. Unfortunately, you go through ups and downs in this league, whether we don't get any style points, that's okay. We're still at 12 wins. Yeah. Perspective. It is. So I get it. I see it. Um, I I feel like just food for thought. Yeah. I did. I, I would have preferred him. You know, I know he's worked with um, a sports psychologist. I'm sure he still is, but maybe yeah. we can amp up the sessions a little bit. I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's something obviously a little bit off and um, hopefully they can find a way to rectify it. I I just think like, I don't even know if it's, I don't know if I would call it bad decision-making more so, or just like, I want to be that guy. I want to be aggressive and like kind of forcing things. Um, I do appreciate the aggression in some instances. If you weren't aggressive, right. (laughs) I was like, you wouldn't have made that third and 30 with T.Y. Hilton. But um, my guy, sometimes you got to be reading those defenses a little better. <laughs> Honestly, also props to T.Y. Hilton, too. Like, yeah. I for a guy that has sat on his couch for the entire season, to be able to come in and just be that successful already, like, and be playing, making such an impact, like, A, that's fun for him. I'm happy for him as a, as a human being. But like, that's pretty great. And I just think it gives him extra validation. Like people knew that he was good when he was with the Colts, but I think just innately working and playing for the Dallas Cowboys puts you on a different level in terms of visibility and just him last week's game, having that you know 30 yard reception, he got a lot. Yards in total, but yeah. Um, and that, absolutely and absurd. Yes. yes. Yeah. And well, and so he had been telling us, you know, in the media, he's like, don't count me out. Don't think that you can like cut on me. Don't think that I can't run past you because I can. He showed you. Yeah. And then he turns around this week and I can't, I'm not going to be able to place this exact play where it happened, but um, he caught a reception and that boy was moving. I know. So fast. I was like, okay. <laughs> T.Y. By the way, did we know that um, T.Y. has nothing to do with his first name? What's his first name? His name is Eugene Marquise Hilton. I was today years old. So I did a little more research. They called him. I just need to know, like, this is a very Kelsey and Meg thing to do and like kind of yeah. like go down like a rabbit hole on something. If but- you were sitting in the room with us, you would have been right there with me on your phone. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how did this come up? And then please go through the spiral. Well, so um, I believe it was. Chelsea or Mitch um, Taylor, our dear, dear friends. Um, we were watching the great follow on Twitter, by the way. Yes, Mitch is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so one of them had said, like, is it TY or Ty? And I was like, it's TY. And I was like, they're like, why is that? And I was like, well, what's his first and like first and last name, whatever? Let me get the gist. So I looked it up and his name is Eugene Marquise. And I was like, that's not T or Y. And so, <laughs> and so we were like, why do they call him T.Y. Hilton? So 
his dad's name is Tyrone. Okay. And when he was younger, they just called him T.Y. And it stuck. That's cute. Because he's like little Tyrone, I guess. So that's why he's called T.Y. Hilton. I love it. We love a good story. Imagine if like we were like, man, Eugene Hilton really hit that uh, (laughs) 52 yard. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't flow as well. Yeah. You know, like we could if we had to, but T.Y. And I'm not hating on Eugene's as I do. And I am the daughter of Eugene, but still. (laughs) Oscar Jean forever. It's just not a sexy football name. (laughs) That's what I said. Gene, don't listen to this part. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great um, high school wrestler name. Hey. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, um, I think all in all, thumbs up for the victory. Definitely when you dig beneath the surface, which you can say whatever you want. And I get it. Like the coaches and players are all going to tell you like that they've got some things to work on, but they're not going for style points. I think let's call it what it is. It was a victory. Would have been better if they could done it a little bit more succinctly. Um, I think they have a couple things to iron out before they go into the postseason. The Cowboys do, as a reminder, need to win out. The Eagles need to lose out for the Cowboys to win the NFC East for the second consecutive season. If they do not, they are the number five seed, which would most likely mean three away games, potentially Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay. But as we've seen, that also could be hit or miss, which... I'm not, I'm not loving how we're playing hit or miss teams, but we're not going to go there. That's a, that's a conversation for another day. I would prefer not to play the boogeyman. So um, go saints. The end. That's what we need to leave with. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it as always coming out with Megan and I on social media. Um, we're a good time. Decent time. I would say um, I'm on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on Instagram at Hey, Kelsey Charles and Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, one final thing before we leave you guys with the most important words you need to know. Um, your t-shirts have been ordered for all you Philly for Never, Never folks. We're just waiting for them to get back from the printer. Um, they took a little break because of the holidays. So that's kind of fun. So we're just waiting for them to get to us and we will get them to you a sap. Swear, promise. Very excited for you. Hot, if you will. Correct. But we appreciate your support and patience in that. Uh, also, make sure you subscribe to the Blog of the Boys podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Megan, though, the most important thing that people need to know and take with them forever and always, but especially just going into the weekend. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds are not real. Birds are not real. We've been telling y'all. Reagan administration. <laughs> Bourgeoisie. <laughs> We need to memorize that. We really do. I'll do it. That's that's (laughs) the problem for tomorrow, Kelsey. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)